Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central, and it starts right now. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. My name is Brandon Biscobing, and it's it's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think how quickly this year has has gone through, but we're once again right in full swing of football season. Obviously, um... You know, not quite regular season. Next week is the is week zero, the start of the regular season. But tonight is jamboree night. A lot of jamborees going on uh, throughout the state. I'll talk about a couple of those uh, in a little bit. But of course, unfortunately, we have to also talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, as well, and that is COVID. And and for those of you, I mentioned it last week. You know, I had a breakthrough case um, a couple of weeks ago. For those of you who haven't gotten vaccinated, please, 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 please go get vaccinated so we can have a full season. 
so that we can get basketball season without any problems, uh, you know, so that we can just get back to normal. Let, let's all do our part to get us back to normal. Period. The end. You know, that that's all I've got to say about that. But, you know, it, it's still crazy to me. It's still crazy to me that, you know, we're we're back in football season again. It, it's pretty crazy. I got a great show lined up for you guys. Uh, and as always, I want to hear from you guys as well. If you guys have any thoughts on anything locally, nationally, uh, what have you, call on in. 323-784-9681 is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681. First hour and and the last hour are going to be completely open to you guys. Uh, So anything you want to talk about, be sure to call on in. In the middle hour, I've got two great guests coming on. At 8 o'clock, I've got Ashton Whitner from Greenville, the Greenville defensive back, who just made his commitment a couple of days ago. Uh, he'll be joining me at 8, and then at 8.30, as always, Lou Bejak from the state joining me. We'll talk some stuff. Today, the primary focus is going to be on 4A, previewing 4A, um, and then just, you know, some other local news and notes. But before I get to that, for the first half hour, I just wanted to talk about something that was very unique and I hope based on the re- based on the reaction on Twitter I would have to say it was a success and it was very memorable for a lot of other people and I and you know I I want to get everyone's thoughts on this I want to hear what people thought about it last from last night and that is the Field of Dreams game. You know, um, for those of you who have not had the opportunity to get out to Iowa and see the Field of Dreams firsthand, I recommend doing it. If you are a baseball fan, it should be on your bucket list. And I've had the I've had the opportunity to go out there. It was great to to go out there, be able to walk on that field and all that. One thing I did notice, and I guess I I understand why they did it, and I don't know which field is the original, but it looked to me as though they built, well, they did. They built a second field into the corn. For this event, for this major league game, and while I understand it, I don't think the original field was built, you know, to MLB dimensions. They would have had to cut down some corn anyway. I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't put it on the original field because that would have just made the experience so much cooler. But at the same time, I understand it. Um, My big question now with this, because you're not just going to simply destroy that field. Well, I have two questions in regards to it. For one, 
know, because you would have to assume that following this, they're, you know, they still do tours of the, of Fields of Dreams. They still, you know, you're still able to drive up there and go see it and everything. Are you now going to be able to go see both fields and be able to walk on, on the MLB field and go into the dugout and all of that? I really hope the answer is yes. It The answer probably is yes, but it will probably cost you an arm and a leg, um, which is kind of disappointing. But, you know, I understand it. I understand why why things have to be the, the way they are. Um, but, yeah, such a cool experience, you know. Every time, every time a home run ball was hit, you know, you know, Joe Buck's call the whole night whenever a home run was hit was just, should have been just into the corn. He said it once when Aaron Judge hit hit a home run, but I would have liked for him to have done it the entire night. That would have been my call, you know, just every time a ball, every time a home run is hit, just into the corn, and. What a way to finish it, you know, in walk-off fashion. And something that I saw on Twitter that makes it even crazier to think about is that was the 15th walk-off home run by the White Sox over the Yankees. The first ever was in 1919 by one shoeless Joe Jackson. And for those of you who have seen the movie, you know, you know, it's based around him. You know, it's focused on him and the other, uh, you know, the other, uh, I think if I remember correctly, if I remember my baseball history correctly, they were called the Naughty Nine. Um, you know, him and the other White Sox players who were caught, you know, throwing the game in 1919. And he is the most recognizable name out of all of them. So the fact that this happened this way, a lot of people, you know, there were some conspiracy theorists on, on Twitter saying, oh, this was, you know, this was pre-planned. It was scripted. It all that. Come on, it, it was a happy coincidence. Yeah, maybe they tried to. You know, maybe the umpires tried to. You know, make it that way. But there's no way you can. You know, especially baseball, where there are so many variables. Um, you can't script that out. Come on, let let let's get real here. Uh. But yeah, just simply the fact that 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 happened, you know, that you know he was the one who had the first one ever. Uh, you know, e- even if you know I'm a Yankees fan, yeah, I'm disappointed the Yankees lost, especially with this being a uh, you know a regular season, you know, standings, re- you know, a a record uh, or a recorded game. It it was still it was still a fun game to watch, um, and it's fun to see see that. Uh, 
I will say, I really hope that they continue to do this. People were kind of, you know, were, were somewhat joking, but but also being kind of serious at the same time. And some of them were actually good ideas. Uh, you know, people were saying, oh, now now they need to have a game in an actual sandlot, you know, for the sandlot. Uh, they need to have a game where there are angels in the outfield. Uh, you know, they need to have a, a game where, you know, um, where a kid comes off of shoulder surgery to pitch in the majors. You know, for, for those of you who... Don't know that's the plot line of Rookie of the Year. You know, they're you know, they were they were making all these other movie references. And the interesting thing and and I'm really hoping that I'm right and they're wrong on this. The one of the questions that they asked during the broadcast was how many of these players actually know about the movie and have seen the movie because the movie was made back in the late 80s? And I was thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, it was made before a lot of these players were born. But if you're a baseball fan, I mean, technically it was made before I was born. But if you're a baseball fan, if, you know, if you're a baseball fan, this is still one of the, you know, movies that every baseball fan needs to see. I don't care when it came out. It's one of those movies. And yes, there have been more recent movies that should be on that list as well. Uh, 61, but this is one of those that should be on every baseball fan's list. If they haven't seen it already, this should be on the list. Um, And hopefully for those, whether young or old, hopefully this is an indi- you know this is a way to show uh hopefully this is a way to get more people to watch it either for the first time or again uh the one thing you know and, and I hope first off I hope this becomes a thing year round or at least something similar uh you know having having a game like this in a very unique setting and all of that it was just fun i don't i won't really say there was anything super crazy about it you know the the dimensions of the field were pretty standard you know it wasn't you know they didn't make any really unique you know layout or anything like that, but just the fact that it was in a cornfield and all of this, it was out in the middle of nowhere. Um you know, it it made more sense. But I will say, one thing I will say that uh, another thing that I want to contradict the broadcast on 
about is, yes, maybe back in the day it was more of a rural game where, you know, you went out and, and you know, played in, in cornfields and whatnot or, or whatever. Um, you played out in like a, a just an open field. But let's not discount or discredit the the urban side to the game. You know, you know, one of the you know, the big you know, one of the big um one one of the big, you know, icon or, you know, images that you have of the city, at least back in the day, maybe not, you know, not so much now, obviously, but back in the day, you had kids going out in the street and playing stickball, you know, while, yes, it's a little trickier to play in an urban setting, it's not impossible. And and plenty of players have gotten their starts by playing stickball in the streets of New York or, you know, Chicago or what have you. So let's not act like, you know, uh, that baseball is completely foreign to an urban population. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, this was just, this was a really fun game, and it's one of those games. You know, Winter Classic is the same is the same way, where at least I hope these players, you know, understood the the power of it, and understood that hey, let's let's take this and and use this to really build something and and really have and, and and let's let's cherish this because this is a very unique experience. Now, I will say one thing I did agree with them on the broadcast or I forget if it was on the broadcast or I saw it somewhere else. While some people were agreeing with me that it should become a a normal thing, you know, should become an annual thing of some kind, whether it's this or doing it, you know, you know, having like a my, you know, having it at a minor league stadium, or you know, there there's a there's a number of ideas that you could do with uh, with this. But while while I think they should do this more often, I think it's one of those just do it like maybe once a year. It shouldn't be a thing where, you know, the the problem with the with not so much the winter classic, but now, you know, they have the stadium series too, is that oversaturization. You know, when it was just once a year it was special. For the NHL with the Winter Classic. When it was just once a year, it was more special. It was something you marked your calendars to watch. Now, with the stadium series, you don't even really remember, you know, 
you may turn the game on one weekend and be like, oh, wait, right, they're playing it at, you know, Dodger Stadium or they're playing it at Yankee Stadium or they're playing it at City Field or whatnot. And it doesn't have that mystique to it. Um, so, yeah, it you know, I hope they do this again, but I hope it's, you know, they keep it to once a year. I would love to see it again at Field of, Field of Dreams. Um, you know, I don't know how exactly they would do this, but one idea that I came up with, which would be cool to see, I don't know exactly how you would implement it, but have games in stadiums that are, you know, somehow build replicas of old stadiums with the dimensions and everything. So play a, you know, play a modern game at the polo grounds. Could you just imagine the fun and the intrigue that you would have playing in a game with the dimensions of the polo ground? You know, 250 down the lines, 465 or whatever it was, you know, in straightaway center field. You know, 490 down the power alleys. You know, I doubt the MLB would ever go for it now because of the way, you know, the league is and everything. But that would just be a lot of fun to me, seeing a game like that. And I'd have to think, I know there's a few other old old stadiums that had very unique dimensions. I would love... That just as a fan of the game and a fan of its history, I would love to see a game be played in those dimensions. You know, I just feel like it would be so much fun to see. Uh, One thing I definitely do hope about with this is that it draws more interest. Ball that, you know, is both, well... I would probably say it's more of a bad thing, but I understand why it needs to be this way, is that to a more casual fan, baseball, you have 162 games a year. So each game doesn't mean as much. And thus, it's more of a, oh, if I'm watching TV and I'm flipping around and there's a baseball game, I may stay and watch a few innings. But they don't care. It's not, uh, you know, it's not one of those, you know, the thing about, and and this is just I, this is just the way TV is kind of built, and maybe even our schedules are built. For the most part, people aren't – people don't have daily viewing habits. They have weekly viewing habits. So you know – and and this is – I mean, and this is why football works so well, I think. And, and even, you know, with certain other sports, it's it's this way as well. 
you know, and but this is primarily because of the way TV was built outside of sports. Most shows are weekly. So, you know, you know, okay, on a Monday night, I'm watching, you know, well, in my case, watching Raw. You know, pro wrestling is, is this way as well. You know, on, you know, on Wednesday, I'm watching, you know, whatever TV show or, you know, in my case, Dynamite. You know, you have each day of the week set for a certain thing. Baseball, you know, and and then you know, for football season, Saturday is college football, Sunday is pro, is the NFL. Baseball doesn't work like that. It's daily, every day you have a game, just about. So it's it's a little trickier with that. Uh. But, you know, it's, it's a situation where, you know, I'm I'm hoping this draws more fans into baseball. Um, and I think it will, at least for a little while, but we'll have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see how, how this does. But like I said, I really hope that they do this again. And one more thing before I take a break. Hockey does it with the Winter Classic. Football now has done it with Field of Dreams. Football, I don't know if you could really... There really isn't any, like... You know, nostalgic, kid-type way of playing football. You know, so that it wouldn't really work for football. And plus, with the way the schedule is and money and all that, the NFL would never go for anything like that. Now, basketball, on the other hand, I would love game be played at like, you know, Rucker Park or, you know, take take any big, you know, take one of the big cities. And go to their most well-known street ball court. You know, I, I'm from New York, so I think I, you know, I first think of Rucker Park or the cages. You know, I would love to see an NBA game at a place like that. Um, you know, but you know, will we see it? Probably not, but that's what I would love to do. But like I said, it was fun seeing it last night, and and I I hope we see more of that again. I'll take a quick break, and then when I come back, we'll transition right over into high school football. And then at 8 o'clock, got Ashton Whitner from Greenville coming on. uh, And... Coming up, I've got my 4A uh, season preview, so keep it locked right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. Hey, yo, you ready? Let's do it. 
Like I mentioned, tonight is Jamboree night throughout the state. Uh, But not everyone, unfortunately, before we get into the 4A preview and talk about a few other things, unfortunately have to get through the elephant in the room, uh, and that is COVID. Not everyone will be playing in a Jamboree or will be playing even tonight. Or, excuse me, will not be playing in a Jamboree tonight or will even be playing Week Zero uh, at this point. Stratford is in quarantine. Uh, they, I believe they're just going to miss the Jamboree. Uh, I think their Week Zero uh, matchup is still on, as of right now at least canceled their week zero game against Daniel due to being in quarantine. Uh, nor, you know, the big one, uh, and, and fortunately it's still being played, but it's going to be three teams now, uh, or three matchups rather. Uh, North Merrill beach is now in quarantine. Uh, we just found out about that on Wednesday. They will miss the CMB kickoff tonight and their Week Zero matchup against Conway. Waccamaw, which we found out about during the uh, during Media Day over at Co- over at Coastal, which, by the way, was a great great uh, event. Uh, got a lot of, got a lot of good notes. May talk a little bit about it uh, on the show. Um, you know, not nothing too crazy. Um, you know, just coaches being very happy to, you know, to ha or what we thought at the time to be a regular season. Although the big question on everyone's mind was, as we met, as we talked about last week, whether regions would be altering their schedule as a result of COVID. Um, I'll get to that in just a little bit, but, you know, a lot of coaches, um, you know, just being grateful to be able to be back out at Coastal for the kickoff classic, but unfortunately, teams have been dropping like flies over the last couple of weeks, you know. Waccamaw also in quarantine. They're not going to play Carver's Bay Week Zero. Uh, down in Charleston, Charleston County Jamboree was canceled after five teams expected to play in it were forced out due to COVID. James Island, Wanda, West Ashley, Burke, and Military Magnet all quarantined. Uh, the, the Centurion was also canceled. So, like I mentioned, a couple of jamborees uh, canceled as a result of what's going on, and and now those teams, a lot of teams now are either going, you know, are missing week zero or are going to have to go into week zero without any real grimaging. You know, it's one thing to put on the pads and face off against yourself. But those scrimmages really get you to understand, you know, how's my team going to be relative to other programs? And tonight, especially, um, you know, this is transitioning into 
the jamboree is being played tonight. We'll start that. We'll start out uh, in the Midlands. The McDonald's Kickoff Classic uh, will be happening, but with only two South Carolina teams. Uh, and that shows what's happened in the Midlands. Dutch Fork will be facing off against Cardinal Gibbons in North Carolina, and Sparenberg will be facing off against Julius Chambers from North Carolina. Lexington Sportsorama will be White Knoll against Batesburg Leesville, River Bluff against Gilbert, and Pelion against Estill. The Dennis Miller Jamboree of Champions out in the PD will be Dillon versus Darlington, Lee Central versus Chesterfield, Carver's Bay versus Latta, Shaw versus Hartsville, and Lake Marion versus Marlborough County. Now, I don't think this was the one that West Florence was supposed to be in, but they had to move their game out of a jamboree. It may have been this one. I think it may have been another one. And they're going to play the game that the the scrimmage that they were originally going to play against. I'm drawing a blank on what team they're they're playing against. Uh, but they will play it on their own uh, tonight as a result of, you know, them not wanting too many teams uh, in one jamboree, which which makes sense. But at the same time, it just shows what's going on with with everything going on right now. And finally, here locally on the Grand Strand, you've got the CNB Kickoff Classic. It will be Myrtle Beach against Sockesty, Loris against Carolina Forest, and Ainer against Conway. And, you know, like I was mentioning, this is going to be a big test. You know, these jamborees tonight are going to be that last test, that last look for coaches to see, okay, what do we have in terms of a program? And who, you know, what's our depth chart going to look like? Who, where do we need to see improvement? What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? Where do we see ourselves going into week zero? And and Coach Morris, you know, going on to, you know, my team that I, I broadcast weekly, Carolina Forest, you know, Coach Morris was very optimistic at at the kickoff classic press conference. And he was saying, you know, we we gotta make we gotta take that next step. We gotta get over the big hump of Dutch Fork and get to Columbia. But now, granted, it, it's just a scrimmage, and and it was a very informal scrimmage at that over at Carolina Forest this past week, uh, when it was Carolina Forest, North Myrtle Beach, Sockety, and South Florence. Just you know, doing two rot, you know, doing two sessions, rotating teams. But looking at it, looking at how they played, this team may have some growing pains. And while they've got a game that I would think they should be able to win in the game against West Brunswick next week for Week Zero. Then they have to face a big test in Myrtle Beach. 
and their their schedule from there doesn't get much easier throughout non-region play. And, you know, I'll talk about this in a little bit, or in just a second. Uh, re, uh, barring some, you know, them deciding to move the region schedule, that non, that non-region schedule for Carolina Forest is going to be a buzzsaw. They're going to have a hell of a time with all of those schools that they're facing off against, especially with this being a relatively young and inexperienced team going into the season. Now, granted, we said similar things about the Panthers last season. You know, losing a lot of pieces, losing a bunch of D1 talent. This year, again, they're losing a few D1 pieces. But it's going to be, you know, another situation of, okay, next man up. And it's going to be interesting to see if the Panthers are going to be able to do it this year. Coach Morris is very optimistic, but we'll just have to wait and see. Before I get into the 4A preview, once again, let me just mention the the elephant in the room. Uh, Region 4 and 5, 1A have decided to move their region games up to week three. Not sure how that's going to impact their end of the season schedule. We'll have to wait and see on that. Region 6, 4A, that's the... The Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, Darlington, Florence, and yeah, all of those guys. Region, they have decided to keep their current schedule as of right now. So no move on that part. Region 6, 5A, which is the Grand Strand teams plus Sumter. Uh, they have not officially made a decision. They kicked, They met on Wednesday, but decided to kick the can down the road. I've seen conflicting reports. They're either meeting today or on Monday to to further decide what their course of action will be in that sense. And Region 4-2A is also keeping their schedule for right now. So varying decisions by regions. It's going to be interesting to see how that impacts teams. And for those of you who either, you know, for those of you who have seen, well, actually, no, I take that back. For those of you who have seen uh, Ian Guerin's stuff on on Twitter and whatnot, you'll know this. um, and, and, And Mickey Wilson, the Myrtle Beach head coach, he was the most vocal about this. He was the one that really uh really put it into perspective he he got his frustration out at media day and i'm curious to see if anything happened as i'm i'm interested to know if anything happened as a result of it but uh SEHSL has you know put an emphasis on enforcing the rules against coaches coaches talking bad about the league to the media and online. 
And a lot of coaches were not happy about this, saying this seems like a deliberate way of trying to silence them and and muzzle them from saying anything bad about how the league is handling the COVID policy. Uh, and this is not a good sign because coaches, you know, Coach Wilson was the prime example of this at CNB kickoff media day. He, he let it be known that he was not happy about how everything was left up to the region without any guidance or leadership coming from Columbia. And coaches are getting increasingly frustrated at the league's lack of direction and uniformity when it comes to how to handle uh, the Delta variant and the potential scheduling changes. The league has claimed that the the edict was something that was planned to be underlined already prior to everything happening and the potential scheduling changes. But the timing just seems way too coincidental. So I'm 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 not sure if I directly uh bought that. So with that being said, we'll we'll jump into the uh into the four A preview. We get four A this week and then uh next week we'll finish it off with 5A and then also um and then also see and then also go through a week 0 preview as well. But moving into 4A. We'll start off in region 1 and while I want to say easily and Pickens uh you know take a step up. They may win a few more games this season. Uh, but Westside, I think, is still the cream of the crop uh, in this region uh, this season. So Westside's going to win that one. Probably the most interesting region in the state, I would say, in terms of who may win it, in my opinion, is Region 2. Because... You have Greer, Greenwood, and Greenville, who all tied in their region schedule. But Greenville was the the odd man out, was the team on the outside looking in. And I'm going to ask Ashton Whitner about this when he comes on in a little over 10 minutes. But how much is that going to play a factor in this season? Now, granted, in a normal season, Greenwood or Greenwood is still in the playoffs. So this year's a little different. Those three teams are basically shoe-ins to get into the playoffs. What, you know, that fact that they were this close to making the playoffs but didn't, how is that going to impact their season this year? And you have to take into consideration as well. Greer lost their their main player, you know, Mr. Football South Carolina last season. So they may take a step down. 
I think Greenville is going to take a step up if for no other reason, just for, you know, to show the league, you know, show everyone that, you know, they were real contenders last year, even though they didn't make the playoffs. So I'm going to pick Greenville. I'm going to pick Greenville to win this region this year. Moving down to three to uh, region three, I think York may take us up a little bit, um, but I think South Point is uh, is the team to beat in that region. Region four, I'm going to talk to Lou about this. Uh, still think that AC Flora is probably the team to be in that region, if not potentially the state. Uh, I think Irmo and Westwood are going to give them a run. Uh, but I just, I don't think they're there quite yet. Region 5, I think North Augusta. North Augusta seems to be the, the team to beat in that region every single year. Uh, and I don't think that changes this year. Region 6 is going to be very interesting to see how how they uh how they handle things um or or how things go in that region North Merrill Beach have lost they've lost a few pieces of on defense but they still have plenty of pieces left Myrtle Beach has a couple of very dynamic playmakers on offense Two Division One talented players, you know, have a few other guys that you know either are already or could get uh, Division One offers, you know, um, uh, on both sides of the ball. So they're going to be a team. They're going to be a tough out as well. You know, West Florence with the new stadium. Granted, they lost. Uh, they lost a few pieces uh, this year, um, most lo- most notably um, – I'm trying a blank on his name. Uh, mo- most notably uh, Nike Johnson. There we go. Uh, you know, he's gone. But again, for – for Myrtle Beach, they're, they've lost J.J. Jones as well. So it's not like, you know, uh, they're, you know, bringing everyone back. Uh, you know, Hartsville will want to try to take a step up. Wilson will want to try to take a step up. South Florence with Lenora Sellers getting more comfortable, they should be able to take a step up. I'm still... I'm going to pick Myrtle Beach to win the region this year. I think they're they're also going to have that revenge factor on a number of levels, you know, being by their arch rival twice last year and once in the playoffs. Uh, you know, that's going to hurt a lot, that's for sure. And, and, you know, the second time losing, you know, in the lower – they're going to be out to show that, you know, they're still the top team in the region. I think they'll do it this year. North Merrill Beach is going to be right behind them, though. West Florence is going to be right there as well. I still think. And then that battle for the last 
spot, that last. Now, granted, you know, Region 6 will almost assuredly get five teams in the playoffs because you have that at-large bid in 4A and lower state. But that battle between Hartsville, Wilson, and South Florence is going to be very interesting to see. Especially with Wilson and South Florence opening new facilities and wanting to be productive in them. Pretty much the only thing, while I'm picking Myrtle Beach and I'm pretty confident in that pick, I could easily see Norm Merle still winning it, winning the region. You know, I, I could potentially see West Florence winning it. So, the only thing that I will say, the the only the only thing that I can predict with almost utter assurance when it comes to Region 6-4A is that Darlington is going to be in the cellar. To mention, not to mention... The fact that Darlington had now lost their quarterback and the son of a former MLB player and an alum of Darlington, no less, which is pretty crazy to think about. But yeah, Deuce Hudson is now at West Florence. That's going to help West Florence, yes. But I think even more than helping West Florence, it's going to absolutely demolish Darlington. And I remember I was talking to some people last year. Darlington only, they've, they lost a lot of pieces last year, and they only have, they don't have all that many players left on their team. So, yes, this they're going to have a rough season. They had a rough season last year. They're going to have a rough season again this year. That is for sure. So that's pretty That's pretty much, like I said, the only thing that you can really predict with utter clarity uh, in Region 6-4A. Region 7 is going to be another one that's going to be interesting to see. Because Buford's still going to be good. You know, James Island's going to be good. May River, I think, you know, will be pretty good. The big question mark in Region 7 is going to be what Hilton Head does. Because here's the thing about Hilton Head last year. Hilton Head had one foot out of the door the entire season. You know, their their head coach was one of those guys who didn't necessarily think that we should have been playing last year and they got hit with COVID hard. They, they lost over half their schedule and that's why they didn't make it into the playoffs. Even though they had a two and one record in, in the region. Um, so what happens now when you would have to assume that they're going to have a, a better, um, a, a better, more concise season. That's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Um, 
So that's going to be the big question there is, especially with the pieces that they have, will will they be able to get back to the top of the region or is this still Buford's region? I think it's a battle between those two teams. And I think I'm going to pick Buford, but it's going to be a very tight race. Region 6 and Region 7 are the most interesting regions to watch overall, I think, in 4A. But then again, to one of their guys in just a few minutes, Region 2 is going to be very interesting as well. So I'm going to pick Buford in Region 7, but that's going to be a very fun uh, region to watch. So that... I'll, uh, with, with that being said, I'll take a quick break, and then, like I mentioned, coming back, coming back at the top of the hour, we've got Ashton Whitner from Greenville, the defensive back who committed to Georgia Southern, coming on at the top of the hour right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central.
Welcome back to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central as we await Ashton Whitner to call in. Uh, while we wait for him to call on in, uh, run through some recruiting notes this week. Not much on the recruiting front around the state this week. Uh, the only guy that was getting offers and he's been getting plenty of them recently, is on the basketball court. Gigi Jackson from Ridgeview was offered by both Kansas and Virginia, two powerhouse programs. Uh, So congrats to him. Like I mentioned, Ashton Whitner, who will be joining me in a second, committed to Georgia Southern. Chad Pendergrass from T.L. Hanna committed to Clemson. And on the baseball diamond, Todd Hudson from River Bluff, committed to Liberty. So congrats to all those guys. Um still we're still waiting on Ashton Whitner uh to join me this morning. And while we wait for him to call, just run down um, a few other notes um, around the area, um, especially some things that we'll talk to Lou Bejack about um, in a little bit. Uh, first off, Tim Perry um, it decided to leave airport. He will be joining the Coastal Carolina baseball staff. Uh, and Casey Bradwell very quickly was named the new manager for Airport. He was the pitching coach there, so it's a quick transition there. And now we have Ashton Whitner joining us this morning. Ashton, good morning. Good morning. First off, wanted to congratulate you on uh, your commitment. Talk us through your recruitment and what made you decide on Georgia Southern. Um, well, I had a lot of options, and then once it got closer to the end of summer, everyone had took their um, official visits, and a few people took some of theirs for me, and they liked it better than I did. Man, they liked it, and before I even got to go, they had already committed, and spots had filled up. So a lot of schools, they kind of shied away because they were already full with um, players in my position. And then Georgia Southern came in, and then I took a visit a few weeks after they um, offered me. And I committed because it was a great coaching staff, hostile environment, great um great future teammates that I'll be playing with. And um, it's just a lot of love down there. How big of a, like, how big of an, or how big of a reason was it, like you mentioned, you had some other offers and, and other players took those spots ahead of you. 
how how big of an impact did that play on you saying as soon, right after you visited saying okay i want to commit now to get to make sure i have my spot so i feel like if i would have um visited before others then i probably would have committed on the spot while i was already down there so i could already have a spot locked in and be able to at least probably play at a higher level, but I feel like I can come in at Georgia Southern and dominate in the Sun Belt Conference and make an instant impact when I come in as a freshman. Were there any moments in your recruiting, whether it was with Georgia Southern or with one of the other schools, that stood out to you? Any any fun stories around your recruitment? Um, so, Georgia Southern, they, at first, like, they didn't want to offer me because they thought I was going to go, um, top five. They thought I was going around my visits, and they thought I was going to commit to either Syracuse or West Virginia. So, they really didn't want to offer me until I was, with me and the coach was testing one day. And um, he was like, uh, he wanted me to visit. And then he was telling me he was going to call me the next day. And so he called me the next day. We were talking, and he was like, I thought you were going to go Kyle 5. And I was like, nah. And then he was like, well, you got to offer it. And they invited me to the Elite Eagles Day a few weeks later. And, um, I just liked it ever since, and that's why I committed there. Yeah, that sounds like, you know, you you basically just fell into their laps for them, and I'm sure they're happy to have you on, on, uh, on the Eagles. How much of a relief is it for you, uh, you know, to have this out of the way now heading into your senior season, um, and how much is that going to help you focus on, you know, just doing what you need to do on the field this year? Um, it's a bit weight off my shoulders because um, recruitment is very stressful. And um, now that I got coaches that are going to support me uh, with my decision and my parents like my decision and the whole Georgia Southern staff, they um, – I'm a really high recruit on that board, so it's more like I'm not going to get dropped or anything closer to signing day, and um, I'm a big-time recruit on that board, so I feel like, um, yeah, it's a bit weight off my shoulders. I'm uh, committed to a great school. Uh, now I can worry about state with my team in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Well, you you mentioned it right there. Moving on to the field in this season after such a disappointing way that the season ended last year, albeit only as a result of you know the reduced playoffs. How much does that motivate the team this season to show what could have been last season with you know the fact that you 
had the exact same record as Greer and Greenville or Green and Greer and Greenwood, uh, but uh, but missed missed out on the playoffs. Oh, we've all got a chip on our shoulder, and um, we just we realize this is our last year, and none of our seniors want to leave without a state championship. So we got a lot of transfers that came in, and they realized how great of a place Greenville is, and. They realize how much we can do on and off the field with our coaches because our coach, our head coach, Greg Porter, he does a lot of outside activities for us to do team bonding and things. And um, the reduced playoffs, I feel like – I feel like you would – I don't really know how to explain it, but it was – I we don't really like it as much. Uh so we've we've been competing against the top the top three teams in the upper state uh so far with scrimmages and we got a scrimmage against Daniel today, which were the three A championship three A champions last year. And um we're just getting prepared for this season that we got Rock Hill next week. So Hopefully, everything goes well this season and we'll win state. What's the biggest thing that this team needs to do to to get to that top, that nine top, and win the state championship this year? Um, we just got to work together as a team more and um, just – Keep doing what we've been doing in preseason, but just uh, turn it up a little bit more. And um, just trust our coaches and things like that. That's pretty much it. Whether it's on or off the field, what's your biggest goals and what are the things you're most looking forward to going into your final year of high school? Really getting closer with my teammates before before I leave off for of college in January. So, um, oh, you're uh, committing? Are you you're uh, enrolling early? Yes, sir. So, um, getting closer with my teammates and. Um, so we can like really lock in for state this year because that's really my main goal before I leave high school is to win the state championship. Well, certainly hope you guys can get to that uh, nine top. Um, thanks for joining me this morning and uh, good luck both tonight and and going into the season. Thank you. Thanks. That was uh, Ashton Whitner, uh, defensive back from Greenville. Um, yeah, great, great talking to him. And and yeah, that's something that. And and to those you know to those recruits who are out there, especially if you are you know, 
and that's something that you know we we have to teach these players um you know and and i i had to learn this myself you know my mom was very good at this now i'm a little bit different um but even you know even at that level um you have to kind of have you know you have to kind of have that idea you know as a little kid i thought i'd be you know the next you know Roger Clemens or Chuck Knobloch you know i i wanted to be playing pro baseball and you know obviously with with my condition um you know that obviously was never going to happen you know but as a kid you don't fully grasp that now granted this is a little different you know this is me being a a little kid and not in high school or anything but my mom always you know even from you know from a very young age knew that was the case knew that there was no way for me to make it you know pro on the field so she you know instead of you know you know in a much nicer way instead of you know in, in just, instead of just saying oh you'll you know you'll never be able to do it you know give up et cetera, et cetera. she also knew that i was a talker she knew that I loved to talk, you know, and she encouraged me to, you know, go up to the booth, which is what I, which is exactly what I did. And I'm, I'm on my way up on that level. Um, but that's something that, that, you know, whether it's a parent or a coach or, or, you know, whoever, someone that, that, that these players trust. You have to be, uh, you know, you have to be more, um, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily say brutally honest per se, but I want to say, you know, we need to be more honest just in general. I, I won't say brutally or otherwise. Um that's something that I would say is 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 something that you know coaches or parents or whoever need to be willing to say to a player. And don't get me wrong, Ashton is a great player and he's going to go places. And you know the the difference between Power Five and Group of Five is isn't all that much, in spite of what people want to think. But, you know, that that understanding of, okay, you are a, you know, I, I forget how many stars Ashton has. I want to say three. Um, you know, you're a three-star recruit. And, yes, you're getting these offers from these power fives, but you're you're much lower on the totem pole. So you have to understand that if you really want to go power five, you have to commit early in order to make sure that you have your spot or understand that you're going to have to go group of five or lower. And, 
you know, that's something that that needs to be taught to these kids of any level is if you get an offer that you really like, and, and I understand you want to be able to go through the campus, you want to go see what it's all about, et cetera, et cetera. But that's, that's the choice that you have to make with the understanding that if I don't take this offer now, it may not be there in a couple of weeks or a couple of months or, or what have you. So that's something that, um, you know, that that's something that, you know, and, and you know, That that's something you know. Ashton seems to be you know rolling with the punches pretty well, and he understands that you know maybe maybe this is the best spot for him. Maybe this is the best scenario for him and and his future being able to play more often uh, at a lower end school. And then hey, who knows? Especially with how the transfer portal is now. You know, he impresses for, you know, a couple of years. Uh, he impresses for a couple of years at Georgia Southern, and boom, someone picks him up. So, you know, you, you never know, but you have to make your opportunities where you can. That's something that I've had to learn myself is that, you know, if an opportunity arises, you take it, um, you know, and you have to understand, you know, humility and you have to understand that, you know, you know, you have to understand where your standing is. So, yeah, great, great conversation with him. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned, Greenville is, is, that will be a will be a threat in the state. Not sure if they're gonna win it all. There's a lot of good competition. You know, AC Flora. You got both Myrtle and North Myrtle down here that are going to compete for a state title. 4A may be one of the most open. I would perhaps even say 4A is the most open classification when it comes to uh, who may win the state championship this year. A couple of quick notes before we take a break, and then we'll have Lou Bezak from the state coming on at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Another coaching change, Jacob Laurie was named the new Richland Northeast basketball head coach. He played at Richland Northeast, so congratulations to him you know, going back to his alma mater, um, and you know, maybe he'll be able to help them out uh, out there in Columbia. Uh, and then, big news this week: the the number one recruit in the state of South Carolina, one of the top recruits in the country, Jazzy for basketball. Jazzy and Gortman has announced that he's leaving Keenan to join the new overtime league that new paid high school basketball league 
that's being created by Overtime Sports. Uh, so he has signed a contract with them uh, to play with them. And I'm going to... There, there's some questions about what that means both for him and for high school basketball as a whole. Uh, uh, ha- I'm going to ask Lou Bejak when he comes on uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, this this is going to be a very um, interesting uh, this is going to be a very interesting season, especially in 4A. Um, you know, lots of lots of good storylines uh, going into the season. Um, got a few more uh, things to get to uh, when a- after uh, after we have Lou Bejak coming on at. Um, at 8.30. And then at at the top of the hour, we'll have the phone lines wide open. That will be completely focused on you, the fans. Getting your voices heard. Getting your thoughts out there on, on whatever you want to talk about uh, throughout the world of sports. So that will be uh, your time to shine. Uh, So I will take a quick break and then come back. We'll have Lou Bezak from the state joining us at the bottom of the hour right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. I wrote 
Please meet you. 
Welcome back to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. And as promised, got Lou Bejack from the state joining me this morning. Lou, good morning. Good morning, Brandon. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. First off, uh, over the past couple of weeks, there have been more and more rumblings of regions moving region play up. Uh, to protect themselves against potential quarantines. What's the latest on the Midland situation? What regions have moved things up? What regions aren't? And what regions are still undecided? Some are undecided, but none have. Not one region has moved, uh, voted to move uh, region games up. Uh, I think a couple still might meet either today or after the Jamborees on Monday, but none have uh, voted. Everyone seems to be in favor of just leaving the way things the way they are. So if anything happens, I, I mean, I would assume things would have to be decided before before next week, correct? Mm, yes and no. I mean, you got some regions only have uh, four region games, so I mean, you could wait. I mean, technically, you could wait a few more weeks, but yeah, you but. Uh, I just don't see the purpose of moving games up, region games up. Just I just say wait till wait till things play out and see. I mean, because I don't think you get a benefit um, from from moving them up. But some some decided to do it, but I just don't think uh, it benefits you. Outside of I know there was one. Uh, there was one jamboree in Charleston County that was canceled. Um, any other, any uh, jamborees that that have been canceled in the Midlands or what, what jamborees? I know McDonald's is still going on tonight. Um, Lexington one's still going on tonight. Um, any other yeah, jamborees? Still going. Lexington one's going on tonight. Lexington one's going on tonight. Uh, Chapin Jamboree is going on tonight. Lexington one's one game shorter. Same with Chapin uh, because of COVID. Uh, Richland one Sports Arama tomorrow night is also one game shorter um, because of COVID. Heathwood Hall's Jamboree is tomorrow, and that's going full go. That's Skiza. Um, Irma's Jamboree went from, I think, three games to just them versus Lawrence. Um Brooklyn Casey's going to uh, West Florence, playing in West Florence's Jamboree tonight. Dutch Fork, Bartonburg to play Cardinal Gibbons. So that's still going on. Airport's Jamboree's still going on. Um, I think that's everybody uh, pretty much. I think Hammond's playing at Blacksburg, Salutas in Greenwood's Jamboree. So, yeah, everything seems to be going uh, full schedule minus a couple uh, games tonight and tomorrow. Moving on to previewing 4A, um, would, is AC Flores still the odds-on favorite in, in 4A this season, you would say? They're definitely one of them. I don't know if they'd be the favorite. I mean, uh, maybe North Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, definitely also should have something to say. Um, I don't think I had – they're not number one in our area, and I didn't – when uh, the media poll comes out this week, I don't think I'm going to vote them number one. Um, but I mean, they're they're going to be really good. They just they're replacing a lot defensively. That's a big thing. They're losing their front four defensive linemen, which I think all went to college. Um, the breaking in a new quarterback, which um, he, he's pretty good, but he's 
still it's his first year. He didn't play last year in football because of injury. He's a Citadel baseball. They got a good running back, Townsend. He split. I mean, there's three running backs last year. Now there's just uh, just him. But skill-wise, receiver-wise, <laughs> they're they're really good. Uh, pretty much everyone back except for Eric Rice, who's uh, walking on at USC. Line's pretty. Um, they got a couple uh, returners there, and I think their depth is uh, pretty good. It's just uh, they're lacking the marquee guys. Their secondary is their strength on defense with, uh, I think, everyone back. Uh, Boyce, Boyce Bankhead's really good. Um, so, yeah, yeah, they're the favorite, but they're still – I think there's some other teams. I think Greenville yeah. up in the upper state mm-hmm. saw them against Dutch Fork this week. I, I think they're going to be really good. Um, Irmo will be uh, Flores' biggest competitor in the region. Um, they, they made some – additions in the off season they got a transfer from gilbert a wide receiver from white knoll um so they're definitely could be more explosive on offense defensively uh they they got some questions but they got they got nick uh Emanwari, uh who's committed to south carolina who's uh going to be the starting safety but also he'll see some time on offense as well are there some other teams obviously we know the teams like you mentioned ac flora irmo uh greenwood or Greenville, you know, even Greenwood or Greenwood and Greer as well uh, are going to be competitive. Are there any are there any teams that might surprise people this season in Foray? I mean, Airport, I think around here could could as a chance to. They they were struggled and they were pretty bad last year. So uh, I think, uh, but they got a lot coming back, and I think they could uh, definitely surprise some people. Um, be interesting to see what um, the, in that other with uh, the. Um, the Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach region. I mean, I think South Florence with Sellers, a quarterback, is going to be uh, improved. Uh, West Florence should, should be good. Coach Generate always does a good job. I think Buford has a lot coming back down in low country. Um, they got big Eamon Smalls in the middle, uh, who's yeah. a D1 prospect, and they got their quarterback back. So I think Buford also could uh, be, be a team to watch for as well. Moving on to uh, the basketball court, one the the big news that came out this week was Jazzy and Gortman joining the overtime league. How obviously he's you know a a special talent. It's not going to happen to everyone. But how worried are coaches around the state about their top players not only being coached by the prep schools, but now potentially by the overtime league? And how's this going to change the landscape of high school basketball? Yeah, I'm actually working on a story on that, and with uh, talk to Coach Stoneman too as well, because uh, from uh, Ridgeview, because he got a guy, Gigi Jackson, who's class of 2020, class of 2023, who's probably before the rankings said and done, could be a top 10 prospect, and they've already started. Actually, overtime actually reached out to them already. His family, the Jackson family, they told him no, but yeah, they're a little bit worried. But I mean, Coach Stoneman's point is. I mean, if you want to go and do it, that, that is fine. And that's, I mean, that's their job to coach kids up and that. And, yeah, you, you're going to miss them, but the chance to uh, pursue your dreams professionally, it's hard to uh, hard to be against that, even to go, even like you said, even to go to prep school. Uh, he used to coach at Oak Hill, so he's familiar with how things work. So even if he was to go to Oak Hill or Mount Verde um, for his senior year, um, or there's the uh, there's a thing he can go to the G League for his senior year, um, or graduate early, reclassify, and then go to the G League. Yeah. Uh, that will also be a possibility. So, 
I mean, coaches, yeah, they're worried about it, but it, this is only for a handful of guys, and it's not like the kids are reaching out to these organizations. You have to be good enough to be even yeah. contacted. I mean, you can't just call up Overtime or G League Ignite and say, hey, we want to come there. No, <laughs> you have to be approached. So, I mean, it's it's not going to be for, like I said, for everyone. So it's only about a handful of uh, maybe 30 to 40 kids each year um, that, that are going to be in that position. I'm assuming I know the answer to this, but what does this do for his eligibility? Would he not if if he if he doesn't get an offer for the G League following being an overtime league or doesn't get an offer for uh you know want you know a contract offer going overseas or whatnot, would he not be well, able he's a to? Well, it's, it's a two-year deal. It's a two-year deal to be Gortman's deal is a two-year deal. Um. So the options are he spends both years with overtime or he, the option they, I don't, it's an option after the first year. I'm not sure if overtime picks up the option or he picks up the option, but um, the thing that he can go straight, he can go to the G league, to G league ignite and then play there or overseas is an option. College would not be uh, college is off the table pretty much um, by going this route. That's um, what I was trying it, to figure out yeah college is off the table he has two two uh, scenarios well three scenarios overtime for two years go to g league ignite after the first year or go overseas to play um and then you'll reclass i don't think with his age i don't think he would be able to um be ready for the 2022 draft he would be eligible for the 2023 that could change i mean but that's my understanding and um I, I what I'm my understanding too is he'll be um he'll get his diploma based on the academic work. He's gonna uh, he'll have his diploma uh next spring. I think he'll be qualified in Georgia because obviously it's not gonna be here. Um yeah. but he'll have academic instruction and um the only concern from the people I've talked to are like who are you gonna play, what you gonna I mean I mean G League you know you're affiliated with the NBA, you're playing the other teams in the league um, over time. I think I think they wanted multiple teams, but right now they only got 14 guys. They say they only get 20. I mean, there will only be maybe three, four teams. You're just going to play each other. Um, I think they had reached out to these other high schools like Oak Hill and well, you know the the huge yeah. uh, the powerhouse programs. But I don't think they were for it because. Basically, they don't want to lose their guys there. I mean, uh-huh. they they go get kids from other high schools, but then they don't want to lose their kids to them. Then, so uh, you can't blame them. Cause, but I I know a couple schools, maybe even from around here, that would be interested in playing, um, if if that's possible. What? How would that impact things? Would that even be a possibility of the, whether it being the prep schools or you know other high schools? Potentially playing these overtime league teams. I mean, I guess you would have to. I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, they're they're basically high school age kids. I mean, uh, that that would that would you just have to get signed off on it. I mean, so even if it's like in a scrimmage or whatever, I know they're they're. I mean, you just that's that's one possibility through it. Um, other than that, they're going to be training, and pretty mm-hmm. much it's going to be 365 basketball between mm-hmm. academics and training and 
Uh, they're going to get good instruction. I think financially it's a it's a win for the player. It's and I think over time, I mean, I don't think their money's going to based on the finances they've raised as with the overtime media company and that. So I think they should be good. I don't know how sustaining it would be. I think the G League's a little more sustaining ignite because they have the backing of the NBA, but we'll, we'll see what happens. It's new. Uh, we'll see it. I think it's getting going in September. So uh, we'll see everything that's uh, going to go on. Well, thanks a lot for joining me this morning again, Lou. And where are you going tonight? Which uh, jamboree are you going to? I'll be at that Chapin Jamboree. Chapin Jamboree tonight, Richland 1, Sportsorama tomorrow. Sounds good. Good. Have fun tonight. And, yeah, we're just a week away from the regular season uh, starting. It's crazy to think about that this year has flown by. What? Yep. Okay. Hopefully everything gets uh, good and we uh, limited uh, limited distractions and interruptions. So uh, here's hoping for that. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Thanks for joining me and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Brandon. As always, fun fun talking to Lou. Uh, you know, he, he had some good points there. Uh, you know, and and I think he's right. Like when we were talking about 4A and and what who the teams to beat were, um, you know, in 4A, I I already I mentioned Greenville. You know, when I was talking to Ashton Whitner, uh, you know, they're they're going to be one of those teams that's going to be tough to beat. Um, you know, uh. Obviously, AC Flora, he mentioned Irmo, and I, I mentioned, you know, that's going to be a battle uh, o- over there uh, in in Region 4 um, between Irmo and AC Flora to see. And, and I think Westwood can be there as well in Region 4. And then, obviously, the battle in Region 6 between Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, West Florence. Um, so yeah, like I said, like I said before, uh, 4A, I think is the most intriguing and the most, uh, uncertain classification out of the five, uh, going into the season of, okay, what, who, who's the team to beat? Um, and you don't. You don't fully know, and and that is what he mentioned with Gortman. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm you know that's what I was expecting. Uh, you know that you know that's what I was expecting. I I was not surprised. Um, with that result, at the same time. I'm also, um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this how this plays out and and how teams, uh, you know, how team how teams handle it. It it shouldn't affect public high schools too much, um, but it's it, it's going to be to see how how that impacts 
how that impacts um, the season and or impacts, you know, high school basketball. And uh, the other thing, you know, high school basketball, you know, football is getting transformed a little bit with, you know, schools like IMG and whatnot. But I think basketball over the next couple of years is going to get transformed more than any other sport on the high school level because there are two big changes that are coming down the down the road. One is obviously with this new overtime league and everything, those top players leaving the you know the ranks and you know obviously with the growth of the prep schools as well, you know that's going to cause a big shift. But then also the addition of the shot clock into the high schools is going to make things very interesting as well. So, and real quick, I'm probably, I'll, I'll probably take a break because there's not too much more to talk about, uh, this morning. As a, you know, if you want to call in, if you want to get your thoughts in on anything, um, be sure to do so. Three two three seven eight four nine six eight one is the number to call. That number again: three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. We'll probably uh, gonna wait until a little past the top of the hour to see. Talk to Coach Matt Real from North Myrtle Beach last night about him potentially joining me this morning. Uh, but didn't hear anything back, but I just said, you know, if, if you have the time, join me either at 7.30 or 9. So I'll wait a little bit after uh, 9 o'clock to see if he has, you know, if he's if he's able to call in. Uh, but if not, I may sign off a little early this morning since uh, there's not too, too much more to talk about uh, this morning. Obviously, this this time of the year, you know, football is starting, but we're not quite there yet. Not quite uh, at that time of the year where there's a lot of things going on. It's a it's a slow time of the year for the most part. Obviously, things are starting to pick up, but um, but we'll have to wait and see. But real quick. And I, I know I've been harking on it a lot. I harked on it a lot last year, but especially now, you know, we've we've been, uh, you know, Georgia and Mississippi schools have been open a couple of weeks now, and you know they're already having to go back to what they were doing last year as a result of COVID. And it's it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. Now, I don't think we're – here's the thing. If it didn't happen last year here, it's never going to happen. I don't think we're going to get to a point where the, the season is going to get halted again uh, or anything like that, especially with football. Now, basketball maybe – uh, you know, if it if there's another big spike in the winter like there was last year, I could potentially see some districts or some areas 
halting things at least for a little bit, like what happened last year. Uh, but I think we're going to get the, you know, we're, we're not going to get a full-blown stop. That's just that's just with how this state is. Um, you know, they're not going to stop for anything. Uh, but this is going to be another season where it's, you know, and we're already seeing it. It's going to be another season where you don't know, okay, on a week-by-week basis, you're not going to know will will there be a game this week you know for your for your uh you know local school or whatnot will we have um will we have a game um and that's gonna be the big question each week and yeah it sucks yeah we should be back to normal and and I'm going to say it again. If you want to get back to normal, if you want to get back to not worrying about this, there's one very simple solution. All you need to do is get vaccinated. And and let me just put this PSA out there right now. This isn't going to help with the majority of people who are not getting vaccinated because... Oh, because, you know, a lot of them are doing it, you know, because, you know, they don't believe in the virus or, you know, whatever they don't believe in. But maybe this will help. If this even helps, you know, one or two people get it, I'm happy with that. If you are like I am or like I was, and that is afraid of needles and and hate getting shots with a passion let me give you two little tidbits of uh, uh, two little notes that may it may change your tune first off first off First off, it's not – well, let me, three things, three things. First off, the needle itself doesn't hurt that badly. Yes, it's a pain. Yes, it does hurt. You know, I'm not going to completely lie to you and say it doesn't hurt at all. But it, it it's it's very quick. It, it didn't bother me as much as, as other shots have. Second is that a lot of the pain that comes with a shot – with other shots is that it like the when medicine and I didn't learn this until I was told um by my fiance about this the the pain that you get immediately when it goes in isn't so much the needle itself it's the medicine it, it's the the vaccine going into you that creates that you know pain sensation this this vaccine doesn't do that it it does it later on in the day but it doesn't do it right away which i prefer um you know i prefer it being after the fact 
Um, so that's the second thing. And then the third thing, which this helped me a lot, for the this helped me a lot the first time. The second time, the the nurse missed the spot. But go go to your doctor, tell them very upfront what your problem is, and they can prescribe you a lidocaine cream that numbs your arm. Yes, it's not going to take the pain away entirely, but it helped a lot on the first go around. It helped. It, it did help a lot on the first go around. So those are my three suggestions to you if you're if that's the reason why you don't want to get it. But we just we need we need to get this under control so that we can have a regular football season. You know, yes, it gives me something to talk about, but I don't want to have to talk about this stuff every week. I don't want to have to run through which teams are in quarantine and, you know, which teams, you know, aren't playing this week. I want to, just, I want to focus on the field. I want to focus on the kids. Let's do that. Let's get back to that level where 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 we can where we can do that that that's my hope that's my hope uh but we 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 really need to get to that point where um you know where the where where the kids uh you know where where we can play and we can not have to worry about, okay, what's going to happen. And on top of that, here's the other thing too, that you have to take into consideration. And I haven't heard anything about this directly yet, but you know, it's going to come at some point, especially in certain areas. Is this going to force them to reduce capacity again? We don't know yet. But, yeah, please, 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 go get vaccinated. Do do it for football, if for nothing else. So I'm going to take a quick break and come right back. I'll wait a little bit to see if Matt Real calls in. Also, if you guys want to call in, talk about anything sports-related, be sure to do so. 323-784-9681 is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681. We'll stay on for a little bit, and then if I don't get either Matt Real or uh, or uh, or any listeners calling in, probably we'll cut it a little short this morning. So be sure to keep it locked right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central.
breaks out loud. Stuff is in cages. It's on reserves. Just have to make it. back to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central and uh doesn't look like uh doesn't look like Matt Real will be able to call in this morning and haven't gotten any uh callers co- coming in this morning so I think with that I think it's going to be an early wrap for me this morning uh once again Please, please, everyone be safe um, for whatever uh, jamboree you guys are going to tonight. Hope you guys enjoy it. I'll be out at uh, Conway at the uh, CNB Kickoff Classic tonight. If uh, if you're out there and you want to say hi, come come say hi. I'm I'll I might be around the stands a little bit, but I'll. Uh, if the press box is open, I'll probably primarily be up there. Uh, but you you may see me around, so come over and say hi. Uh, and we're a week away from the regular season starting. So 
it's going to be, you know, next week's going to be interesting. Next week we'll have a, next week we will have a full show for you. Uh, five, five, a preview next, um, and, and some game previews and just getting you ready for week one or well, technically week zero uh here in South Carolina and and then in a couple of weeks we got you know NFL as well and and college football as well so things are starting to heat up we'll have more to talk about over the next uh next couple of weeks so hope you guys enjoyed the show uh that'll just about wrap it up for me this morning I'm Brandon Biscobing saying so long Thank you.